Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Training camp has officially begun. Yes, finally, football is officially here. The Eagles have participated in, you know, 7-on-7 drills, 11-on-11 drills. We've had two practices thus far, and yes, a lot of news has come from said practices. So let's just get into it, right? First and foremost, uh, concerning things are that Dallas Goddard, uh, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins all failed their conditioning tests. I know Jalen Rager is um, dealing with, you know, a personal loss of a close family or a close childhood friend. Um, I, I don't know if that contributed. I'm assuming it had to have, but Goddard and Watkins also failed these conditioning tests, and I, I don't know what that means. Again, it, it's it's a, it could be that they tweaked something, they got a little injured. I don't know. Um, I, it's concerning. It's absolutely concerning because, you know, first of all, those are three young guys. And Goddard and Rager especially are guys you're expecting big things out of this season. Watkins is a guy that everybody kind of feels might be the— And again, we say this, and I know it's it's a bit concerning, but it's nothing yet in regards to the grand scheme of anything. This could be an absolute nothing. The Dallas Goddard one concerns me the most because— this is supposed to be Dallas Goddard's time, you know what I mean? I've been raving about Dallas Goddard, the player. And again, I'm not going to stop because of this, because again, like I said, we don't even know what this means. But it's just something of note that came out of training camp. Another thing, Devontae Smith, first practice, didn't go the way he wanted. He said it himself. He was, you know, underwhelmed with how he pro- you know, performed during practice. thing that I liked the most, though, was I heard after that practice, him and Darius Slay. He went to Darius Slay getting tips, getting hints, getting tricks on what went wrong for him in practice, using a resource like one of the premier corners in the NFL of the last, you know, 10 years. That This is the truth. Darius Slay has been one of the best corners in the NFL in the last 10 seasons. And he has that resource at his disposal. And Devontae Smith, understanding that, went to Darius Slay to try to figure out what he can do to improve himself. That's what great players do. They're not afraid to use their teammates, especially guys on the other side of the ball that play at a high level, to help them improve themselves. Am I worried about Devontae Smith? Absolutely not. Now, somebody I am worried about, Andre Dillard. So, Dillard and Mylotta were splitting reps, as everybody had anticipated, because again, the left tackle job is up for grabs, right? Well, uh, today I heard... Andre Dillard, and this is Thursday night, you know, in Thursday's practice, I heard Andre Dillard was absolutely torched, torched by Barnett and Sweat today. Heard this last year too. Remember when Andre Dillard got hurt last year when he had the biceps injury and Adam Schefter had that tweet, which was, you know, one of the the most unbelievable complete exaggerations of anything you'd ever heard when he said that Andre Dillard was having a dominant training camp, which, again, I whoever told him that was an Eagles source because they were trying to get the word out on Andre Dillard, I guess, because Andre Dillard had the furthest thing from an, uh, a dominant training camp. He had that open practice where, you, like, Josh Sweat completely abused him. Well, it happened again. Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett completely tore him up. Derek Barnett the most, I guess, and Josh Sweat, you know, came in here as a secondary option this time. But regardless, 
highly concerning. And here's the thing about Jordan Mailata. He showed up to train or um, to the mandatory or not mandatory to the voluntary offseason program. And I guess he was in what they deemed overweight and they wanted him to lose 25 pounds. And he got to training camp and you know what he lost? 25 pounds. Did what the coaches asked. Got into the shape the coaches wanted. I'm telling you this right now. It's all signs pointing towards Jordan Mailata being the left tackle for game one. And as it should. Truthfully, that he is the best option we have, and it's just pointing more and more that Jordan, or uh, yeah, that you know that Mylata is going to be the guy that we go with at left tackle. Now, something else too on the offensive line, Landon Dickerson. I want him to get cleared. Number one, I saw a picture of Landon Dickerson with their offensive line, and let me tell you something about Landon Dickerson. He is massive. He looks like a left tackle. He legitimately looks like a left tackle, Landon Dickerson. And I know he played one in college. Well, guess what? He looks like he could play one in the NFL. He's that big. Number two, Isaac Ciamalo is dealing with an injury that they call week to week. Now, I know Nick Sirianni stated that he is going to be, you know, available hopefully for week one, and they believe he is going to be. He's on track to. But the point being here, he is, he is week to week. And here's the good thing. Nate Herbig has filled in now at left, uh, left guard. He was the first guy off the bench, which... Is something I expected. If Landon Dickerson wasn't going to be available because, again, he's coming off a torn ACL, that's what the Eagles, that's why he went in the second round. That's why the Eagles have Landon Dickerson is because his knee was hurt. So Nate Herbig having the opportunity here, I'm just telling you this. If you asked me about the offensive line, who's replaceable the most, it's Isaac Ciamalo right now. And you'll say, well, that's crazy. But yeah, and listen, that's just for this season because, again, Brandon Brooks is getting a little older. Jason Kelsey clearly is. You know, he's threatening retirement every year, Lane Johnson. So Isaac Ciamalo has a future on the Eagles, but I'm talking in the present, he would be the most replaceable offense lineman. He's by far our fifth best offense lineman. That's without question. So I thought if, you know, something happened like this where he goes out, Landon Dickerson could slide in and take that spot in a second. Like if he goes in there, Landon Dickerson, to play for Isaac Ciamalo, let me give you a spoiler. He ain't coming out. That's the truth. And Nate Herbig? I'm, I'm telling you this right now about Nate Herbig. Don't rule him out having that chance either. Like Isaac Ciamalo not being on the field, that's not good for him. I don't think his spot is, is locked in as people think it is. Now, in regards to some free agent signings here. So a lot of people are wondering that the Eagles were light at safety and they were light at wide receiver especially for going into preseason games. I mean, they're not light for the regular season, but in regards to what you're going to present on the field for the preseason, you want to be, you know, have at least 10 receivers. You probably want to have six or seven safeties. And they signed um, Ofi Melanofo. He is a former second-round pick of the um, Raiders. Freak athlete. That's what it was. He's a freak athlete. The Eagles had him in for, you know, a look, a visit in May, and they must have liked what they saw because they signed him here. He is going to join the team. And then um, Andre Patton, a wide receiver. Now, again, is Andre Patton somebody who's probably going to make the team? No, and more, more or less, it's my guess is it's a camp body, but it's a good opportunity for a guy like Andre Patton and for Melifanowu because these guys could also, listen, if they don't make the team, which is you know more than likely they're not going to make the team, but you have an opportunity to jump on a practice squad here, especially with Philadelphia or maybe somewhere else in the NFL So because you're going to get an opportunity to play here. This isn't like last season where it's just you know, you're in a camp and the only people getting you are the people in your building. The only people seeing what you're doing are the people in your building. you got a whole beat writers are getting stories on you. No, there's actually three preseason games. 
I like the move at safety. Again, we were weak at that position. Why not throw a dart? If it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's legitimately a risk-free move by the Eagles, and it's a good move. Again, is it something that's probably going to work out? I mean, chances are not because, I mean, the Eagles got this guy, you know, the second day of training camp. You know what I mean? Like if if, if Melanofu was some big-time guy to get, trust me, he's not available on the second day of training camp. But the Eagles figure, you know what, why don't we bring him in? It's a new scheme. We have our young coaches here who we believe in. Let's see if they can mold this guy. And if not, guess what? You cut him. It's no big deal. Now, let's talk about quarterback one. Because that's the big story here. The big story is Jalen Hurts, right? And it's not even so much Jalen Hurts as it's Deshaun Watson. It won't go away. This Deshaun Watson thing will not go away. Listen, Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I understand that. $40 million a year, right? That's what you're going to pay this guy. The Texans want multiple first-round picks, and I don't care if they're not going to get it or not regardless. They want multiple picks. They want multiple players. Listen, I'm just saying this to you right now. Deshaun Watson is not going to make the Eagles a Super Bowl champion team. That's the truth of this. We are in a good spot to get good fast, and it's not because we, we can pick up Deshaun Watson. That's not why we're going to get good fast. We're going to get good fast because we have the potential to have three first-round draft picks. Two, at the very least, guaranteed. And then one which would be potentially even higher. And we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about trading that to Houston. Trading away our cap space next year as well, because that's another part of this. You're giving your cap space away for a quarterback who has serious, serious Criminal complaints staring him in the face. My question to you is this. Is the risk worth the reward? And I know people will tell you this. They will tell you with the Eagles, well, you gave Michael Vick a second chance. Yes, the Eagles gave Michael Vick a second chance. They did not have to guarantee Michael Vick $40 million a season. Michael Vick was brought in on a very cheap contract. He was a Back up. In fact, his first year with the Eagles, he was the third string quarterback. In fact, so much, the next year when Donovan McNabb was traded, Michael Vick was still the second string quarterback. They did not trade Donovan McNabb so Michael Vick can play. They traded Donovan McNabb so Kevin Cobb could play. So when you hear this, well, they gave a second chance to Michael Vick. That was a complete... We just talked about Melanofu being, uh, you know... A high reward, no risk, right? That's what you're going with? Well, that the same thing applied to Michael Vick. There was only reward and no risk whatsoever. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Watson, right? I look at it like this. Do I think that Deshaun Watson comes to the Eagles right now with this roster and we're a considerably better team? Absolutely not. Not even close. I'm sorry, I just don't see it because here's why. Do I think he's really good? Yes, of course. He is really good. But I'd ask you this. Do you guys think that Drew Brees was really good? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is really good? He's the he's the MVP of the league. Those two combined have played in what? Two, three Super Bowls? That's it. That's it. That is it. I know that everybody believes you need an elite quarterback to win in the NFL. Guys, 
it happened here with the Eagles. I Nick Foles is not somebody that anybody compares or considers an elite quarterback, right? Now, did he play at an elite level for us to win the Super Bowl? You're absolutely right. He did. He played the best quarterback play I'd ever seen somebody play at that position. But I'm just saying here, we had an elite team around him as well. When he took over, that was an elite team around him. How, how do you get an elite team, right? Well, what did we just talk about with our offensive line? We have three guys in their 30s. All of which, two of which, I'm sorry, have major injury history. One of which is legitimately on the verge of retirement every single season. If you have three first-round picks, yeah, we have Landon Dickerson coming in. That's great. We're going to need to replace some of those guys as well. That's what one of, and, and here's how you do it with really good prospects. And where do you get the best prospects? You don't get them in the seventh round. You don't get them in the sixth, the fifth, the fourth. You could get some in the third. You could get some in the second. You get most in the first. And we have three chances there in the first round. In fact, so much to the point that if Jalen Hurts doesn't work as the quarterback and you don't see what you want to see from him, guess what? The team's not going to be good. And you know what that means? You're going to be able to use one of those high draft picks because guess what? You're not going to be good. So your pick's going to be very high. And you can use that on a quarterback coming out next season. And here's another thing. When we won the Super Bowl, right? How did we win that? Well, Carson Wentz was on a rookie deal, right? The Chiefs won the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes on a rookie deal. The Buccaneers just winning the Super Bowl here was Tom Brady was in a rookie deal. That's like the biggest anomaly right now because it seems like the way to win in the NFL is on a rookie deal. And by the way, the Buccaneers signed him as a free agent. You know, Tom Brady, they didn't trade for Tom Brady. He was a free agent. And, and that guy in Green Bay, there's, you know, there, there's stories every day that, you know, he's coming back now, but he might be able to get out of his contract if it's not next year, or the year after, whatever. Like, the Eagles will have all that cap space. They, this Somebody's going to become available, number one, via trade, potentially, whatever. Deshaun Watson himself will still be available next season. I don't see anybody trading for him right now. I don't know why any team would. They'd be out of their damn minds. Unless you could lowball the Texans and you're just cool with taking the chance of him being suspended or potentially going to jail, which is very likely here in this situation. I mean, maybe not to jail so much, but him being suspended. And I, I, I get it. I think that everybody thinks in their head that if Deshaun Watson comes to the Eagles, that now we're really close to being a Super Bowl team. And I'd ask you this. Those Texans teams were pretty good, right? Were they Super Bowl teams? He was playing with DeAndre Hopkins in his prime. J.J. Watt, they had players down there. They had a ton of talent, and they never won anything. And I know that they had that 24-0 lead on Kansas City two years ago, and, and, and I know that they blew that lead, and I know that Deshaun Watson didn't play corner for them and their defense failed, but their offense also stopped in that game as well. And listen, I'm not going to bash Watson as a player. He won in college. He is a very good quarterback. He is. He's very good. But I just don't think that, you know, just completely destroying the assets we've acquired and the cap space that we're going to have next season for a very good quarterback is the way to win. The way to win is to turn those three first-round picks potentially into players that could play for us next season because then guess what? You had three three first-round picks to the young talent that we've acquired here these last couple seasons. Now we're talking because let me tell you this. If Jalen Hurts is good, like I think Jalen Hurts is going to be good. I, I'm a fully, I'm a full believer in Jalen Hurts, 100. percent 
I know they're working on his footwork. They're working to make Jalen Hurts as good as he can be. And guess what? If he's really good, we have him on a rookie deal for two years. $60 million in space next season, three first-round picks. And guess what? Here's a spoiler. If he's good this year, we're going to be good this year. So just imagine how much better we'll be next year. That $60 million, by the way, in space you're going to have, you think free agents are going to want to come to the Eagles? They go, wait, Jalen Hurts is good? Wait, they have three first-round picks? Wow, they're really set up to win. That might be the team to beat for the next five years. Let's go there. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Getting to Sean Watson does not do that for the Eagles. I'm sorry. You'll never convince me otherwise. I'm tired of talking about him. I sit back and I hope that Denver trades for him every single day. I just don't want to hear about him anymore. And no offense to him. But I mean, we're in the third day of training or second day of training camp, and he's getting asked question after question about his future here, Deshaun or Jalen Hurts. And it's like, come on, man. And I know how he talked, and I know he, he oh, we want him to take the reins. Just didn't want to put it out. Listen, I hear it from sources, from from big sources in this league that say that the Eagles are in on this guy. They're calling around. I understand that how he's always going to call about every possible guy to be traded for, as he should. He's the GM. But just let this one go. This is not the time, and that is not the guy right now. And like I said, guess what? There's a very big chance that he is available next year as well. That's the truth. Overall, so far, the training camp is going well for the Eagles. I know Jalen Hurts has three touchdowns in, in the drills he's played so far. I believe he's like 20 of 31 or something. Three touchdowns, one interception. It's fine. It's fine. And, and generally when it comes to practices, the offense usually lags a little bit. And the defense looks really good for the first couple weeks. Because again, it's a lot easier to get in a rhythm on defense without, you know, Versus offense, because, you know, your offense, this is really the first extended time the offense has had since, you know, with this new staff. So the offense is going to drag a little bit. I think in the preseason, we're going to be a little bit concerned. We'll be throwing our hands up going, man, I can't believe this offense. It just isn't working. It isn't working. And it's like, oh, yeah, come game one, watch what happens. They just need some time. Now, if you're asking me what I'd be, you know, very happy about here, it's like I believe that the Eagles... Or have a plan for Hurts. The coaches do at least. And I do like the hearing the idea of working on his footwork. Because again, the one weakness he has is throwing the ball to the sidelines. And if his footwork is improved, trust me, Jalen Hurts has the arm to do it. He does. He has the arm. It's his delivery, I believe, that causes him to have a little bit of a lag on that throw. And trust me, he's as right between the ears as anybody can be. We're much better off with Jalen Hurts than we are with Deshaun Watson simply because of the price it would cause to get Deshaun Watson and more or less, more so, which is very important, the scary accusations against Deshaun Watson. Like th th These aren't like not frightening accusations. These are serious accusations against this guy. And right now I want to stay far away. So... I do have my two lists. We're going to do top 10 coaches, and we're going to do the top 10 Eagles, who I believe are the top 10 best Eagles going into this season. But before I do, I do have a quick word from Anchor. So first, let's go top 10 coaches. We'll go from 10 to 1. So again, 10th best coach I have right now in the NFL. I'll, I could go with Kyle Shanahan. Ninth, 
Sean Payton, and again, I, I'm not a big Sean Payton guy. You could kind of flip. I actually, I'd probably go Payton 10, Kyle Shanahan 9, Mike Vrabel 8 for Tennessee. 7 is still Pete Carroll, and I know Pete Carroll's under a lot of scrutiny here because, you know, of his not wanting to pass the football, but still, listen, Pete Carroll wins every year for a reason. Pete Carroll 7, 6 Mike Tomlin, 5 Sean McDermott, 4 Sean McVay, 3 Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians wasn't even on my list last year. They won the Super Bowl. He was unbelievable this year as a coach. Bruce Arians, three. Two, uh, John Harbaugh. And still, number one, the best coach in the league, Andy Reid. And I know people are going to be like, wait, 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 what about that guy from New England? Like I said last year, he's disqualified for being a cheater. He does not count. He will never register on my list because he's a cheater. But Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. Now, let's talk the better list here the more important list for the Eagles, the top 10 Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, going into this season. This was a hard list. This was really hard to do. So, um, 10th. I went with Javon Hargrave. Hargrave had a really good end of the last season. I thought his last month of last year was the best month that obviously he had. And again, it made sense. He was hurt during training camp. He didn't really participate in that fake-ass training camp we had. And by the time he got right, he started playing pretty well. And it was a new scheme, new team. And again, the new scheme thing here, but it's a new scheme for everybody. But Javon Hargrave came on pretty hard, uh, pretty good. And he started living up to that contract that we gave him. Ninth, Brandon Graham. Listen, Brandon Graham is a very, very important player here for the Eagles. He's consistent. Uh, again, we're not sitting here with uh, enormous depth at defensive end. It helps that Josh Sweat, I think Josh Sweat's the best third defensive end in the NFL, without question. But I mean, him and Ryan Kerrigan are, are really good, but it's like beside, behind them, then that's it. That's it. You know, we're four deep and that's all we got. So we need Brandon Graham, and Brandon Graham, I believe in him. Eighth, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is still really good. I know Miles Sanders doesn't get like, you know, he doesn't get talked about enough in regards to it because I think everybody thinks that he had like a very disappointing season last year. Well, our offensive line was in shambles and Miles Sanders hit some home runs. Now, again, I was disappointed with the way Miles Sanders caught the football last year. I thought that was terrible because, again, what he did as a rookie was he showed he could catch the football. And I'm not saying he had a great year, but I think that people are sleeping on Miles Sanders. Now, number seventh, number seventh, seven is a guy who I was expecting to have a big season. This conditioning thing concerns me, but that's Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard has the tools to be one of the best Eagles. He could be the best Eagle. I mean, here, here's what Dallas Goddard could be. The bullshit pass interference that they called on him in that Dallas game two years ago. That play is what Dallas Goddard can be. He's that good. He, Dallas Goddard has George Kittle and Travis Kelsey potential. That's without question. He has best tight end in the NFL uh, potential. I say it all the time because it's true. He's a very good athlete. He's very strong, and he's a very good blocker, and he's got very good hands. I know we could sit back and call out the drop here or this drop here, but Dallas Goddard, for the most part, when his brain is working, has very good hands. Now, sixth, number six, Devontae Smith. And you'll say, how is Devontae Smith the sixth best player he's never played? Um... And again, generally when I do lists, I don't count rookies. I understand that. But Devontae Smith is going to be the real deal. I'm telling you this right now. Just from the work ethic, the seeing what, what, what he does, him at practice, staying after practice, like Jalen Hurts today, him and Devontae Smith working after practice because this is what they want. They love football. 
Devontae Smith is up. This is his profession. You know what I mean? He's not just a football player. He's not playing football player. He is a football player. Now, number five, Darius Slay. Darius Slay, I, I know people thought last year he had a disappointing year. Like I said, I associate a lot of that to do with the scheme. Jim Schwartz's scheme is not designed for corners to have much success. That cover three, put you on an island and hope everything doesn't go wrong, go wrong over there. Style that he was playing, that bend but don't break bullshit defense we played for so long. That's a thing of the past. I'm telling you this right now. Expect good things from Darius Slay this season. Now, number four, here we go. Oh, man, this is going to be controversial, right? Jalen Hurts. I believe Jalen Hurts is the fourth best player on the Eagles right now. And by the way, come the end of the year, I think Jalen Hurts could be the best player on the Eagles. I 100% believe in Jalen Hurts. His leadership is unmatched. Just seeing him at training camp here. I, I know after practice, he's talking with the... like They're huddling up after. He was just working with Devontae Smith today. Everything he does just screams leader. And I just wish that the Eagles would just commit to believing in Jalen Hurts. And again, I get it. You're not going to give a long-term commitment to a guy who's only played four games, who was a second-round pick. But I mean, here's my thing. At some point, you have to believe in what you saw. And I believe in what I saw, especially in that Saints game, and absolutely 100% what I saw in that Cardinals game. I'm not going to sit here and drill the guy because he had a poor second half against the, the Dallas Cowboys. That game got away from us defensively, and, and, J, and then we were trying to play catch-up football with a team that just wasn't built to come back. Now, number three, Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks is still the best guard in the NFL. Coming off two Achilles, I get it, but Brandon Brooks is best lineman in the NFL potential. Number two, under the guy right next to him, Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson's still the best right tackle in the NFL. His ankle's right now, and I still believe in him. And then number one is our highest paid player, but he's our best player. It's still Fletcher Cox. Listen, Fletcher Cox is going to control a lot of what our defense does this year. We need Fletcher Cox to be Fletcher Cox of two years ago. And I know you'll sit there and say, well, come on. I mean, he had a down year last year. Well, he was getting double teamed nonstop last year because the other guys weren't helping him. Like I said, Hargrave didn't show up for three quarters of the year. And Malik Jackson was a complete disappointment here as an Eagle. So trust me, my belief in Fletcher Cox still reigns. I still believe he's the premier defensive tackle in the NFL. I know you'll say Aaron Donald. I don't care. It's my guy. I'm not going to ever put him behind him. I'm biased. Yes. Fletcher Cox is still the number one guy on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's my top 10 guys. And again, the, the, those top 10 guys, we need them to be top 10 guys this year if the Eagles are going to be really good. And trust me, the Eagles could be really good. Steven Nelson being on this roster makes the Eagles have a shot to be really good. It's the truth. Our corners are set now. Like At least when you look at our defense, you got Harris. It's going to be Harris and McLeod. You know, you have Kayvon Wallace here as, as some depth. But then you have Slay. You have Nelson. You have Maddox as your corners. You have, you know, Singleton, I know, who is on the COVID-19 list right now. But you have Davion Taylor, who got some reps today. But you have Eric Wilson, the sure thing there in the middle. Then your defensive line, which could be really good with Graham, you know, Sweat, Barnett. Kerrigan, Cox, Hargrave, Milton Williams, who I guess Milton Williams worked primar or primarily at defensive end, by the way, which is kind of weird because I figured he'd work a lot at defensive tackle. But, hey, we'll see what happens. Hybrid player. I'm just saying the defense could be much, 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 much improved. And it looks so much better now just simply because Steven Nelson's playing that other corner. The biggest hole was addressed. And he, he, it was funny because Steven Nelson said the main reason he signed here was like he was just 
infatuated with what the Eagles fans were telling him on Twitter. Like he saw the passion and just said, that's where I wanted to be. And guess what? He's here. So we're a couple days in. Next week we'll be back. We'll go over you know the rest of training camp. And then going forward after that, I will be back on Mondays and Thursdays because we will start football. Preseason football. We'll have post games for the to go over what happened during the game, and Monday we'll go over what has happened via the practices and what we're seeing going into and previewing the next game. So that's my favorite time of the year. Two times you get to hear my lovely voice a week, and that just tells you that football is back. And we might as well address the final note here is, yes, Zach Ertz is at training camp. Yes, Howie Roseman said he anticipates Zach Ertz will be on the roster for game one. Yes, if the Buffalo Bills call and offer a fourth-round pick, the Eagles will trade Zach Ertz. Uh, listen, it is what it is. The Eagles just did not want to give Zach Ertz away. They weren't going to cut him. Um, if somebody didn't want him, they'll use him as depth. Like I said, I just hope the Eagles don't dictate playing time because of a paycheck. But again, I'm cool with Zach Ertz being here, like I said. Dallas Goddard does not have a good history uh, in terms of injuries, and man, this failed conditioning thing also isn't you know the, the most assuring thing. So having Zach Ertz in the building, I ain't complaining. I will believe it when I see it, however. So we'll keep an eye on it. And again, like I said, it just takes one injury in Buffalo or wherever at tight end, and all of a sudden somebody's willing to give you that fourth-round pick because they don't want to have a weak tight end be the reason they can't compete to win a championship. And Zach Ertz would be the guy that could obviously fill that need for them. So I want everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go. 